Okay. All right. Isaiah chapter 3. Now, we've been spending time talking about the fact that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And he's given us what? Redemption. But, but in terms of Christ has redeemed us from the curse, what do we have? We don't have the curse, we have blessing. the blessing. And this is a good thing, isn't it? This is, this is very central and core to what he's done, he's done for us. It's not it's like I've try, been trying to emphasize this isn't a truth just to kind of think, oh, that's nice, and then run on to the other truths. This is central to our redemption. Uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say, or let the redeemed of the Lord say they are the redeemed of the Lord. That's another way of saying that. Amen. And uh, it's just, it's our redemption is precious. What He's done for us, and God God didn't want it. God didn't want the curse operating in our lives. He wanted the blessing, all the way from Genesis. He put the blessing on man, and so it's good to. The reason we dwell on something is because we want to build our faith more in this. And we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I've talked a bit about the role of the Holy Spirit in destroying that curse as part of that anointing destroys the curse. Amen. But I want to go into some other things right now. And uh, it's, I suppose in a sense, it's a, it's a, it's a simple message today, but simple's good. You know, sometimes it's, sometimes you come around me and teach, we'll, we'll dig in. We'll really load you with a bunch of stuff. I think we did that on Thursday night. Thursday night, we got into the real nitty gritty of some things when scripture after scripture and uh, and the, the the meeting there in Highley in the village, village hall on Thursday. But uh, other times you want to just dwell on a truth and camp on something, and not rush, not 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 rush past this, and just really get something. Why do you dwell on a truth? Why do we camp on a truth? Because you want to get it established in your heart. Is that right? Sometimes, sometimes we're learning stuff. Sometimes we get we're feeding on stuff. Other times you just want to camp on something and get it really established on the inside of you. And, 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 and even if it's a truth that your head knows, that you've heard before, you, you, you want your heart to be excited about certain truths and to capture this and be, it be fresh to you, even if it's something you've known all your life. Uh, not, uh, not, not every truth that you've heard is necessarily fresh to, to you today. So it's good to just sometimes camp on something and stir it up to be fresh to you in your heart today. Amen. So what are we going to look at? It's, tempted, it's connected to this on the being redeemed from the curse and walking in the blessing. But let's look at Isaiah chapter 3. Like I said, we're just going to camp on this a little bit. Look at this in a few different places in Scripture. The same basic truth. But I want, I want the word to just build faith into you today as we look at at, at different scriptures that show the same truth. Is that all right? Like I said, not, not trying to teach something new and get something new out of everything, but just dwell and camp on this truth. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. Say to the righteous that it, it shall be well with them. Now he's giving an instruction to Isaiah. But does that, does that truth apply always through the word? Say to the righteous, it'll be well with them. Did, did God say, no, I'm going to destroy the righteous? <laughs> Is there any benefit to being righteous? Amen. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them. In fact, the word well there, your translation might say this. It's the same word used in Genesis when God looked and he said he saw it was good. So you could translate that, say to the righteous, it'll be good. Is that God's plan? Good. Say to the righteous, it'll be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Verse 11, woe to the wicked. For it shall be what with them? Ill. And in fact, the word ill there... It, it, it means bad, evil, bad. What do, what do we see in here? Say to, the, say to the wicked, it shall be ill with them, for the reward of his hand shall be given him. What do we see here? 
What's going on in these in the in two? And you see this all over the world, don't you? You see two different outcomes. You see two different results for the different groups. Now, sometimes it doesn't look like that. Sometimes it looks like all is well with the wicked. And in fact, in Ecclesiastes, he said, in fact, go, go there as well. Go, go to Ecclesiastes 8. It's not that far from Isaiah. And someone says, well, you know, I know eventually in eternity it will be different for us, for the righteous and, and the unrighteous. But I think someone, someone in their theology book seems to think that in eternity it'll be well with the righteous, but here on the earth it'll be terrible for the righteous. And in eternity it'll be awful for the wicked, but here on the earth it'll be wonderful for the wicked. They swooped it around, didn't they? They think, well, on the earth it's going to be the opposite way, but in eternity it's going to be... Where does it say that in scripture? Now, I'm not saying yes, they can, yes, the righteous can go through challenges and afflictions, but does God want us to walk in some things here on the earth? That might not, not, not always seem like everything's uh, the, 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 the unrighteous are that is bad with them. Sometimes that you know, do you realize that sometimes the mercy of God can prolong some things that and people don't always experience the judgment as quickly as, as they could? That's the mercy of God. You know that. Giving people time to repent. But is this true? Is it a biblical truth that God says it'll be well with the righteous and it's not necessarily going to be well with the unrighteous? Okay. Now, well, don't go around praying it'll be unwell with them. In fact, you want to pray mercy on them sometimes. Lord, I pray that you give them mercy. You're not wishing bad and evil on them. Well, Lord, you said it'll be it'll be bad for the unrighteous. So, Lord, strike my neighbor down because he's unrighteous. No, 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 that's not what you, that's not our We pray out of love and mercy. Okay, so I'm, I'm not today's teaching is not so that you can get stirred up about praying judgments on the unrighteous, but it's about getting stirred up in the big biblical truth of realizing that God's plan for me is different because I'm the righteous. the The outcome. For the righteous and 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 <coughs> what God has planned for the righteous is not the same what as, as, as to what goes on in the unrighteous. Just because we live next door to each other, just because we live in the same town, just because we live in the same in the same country, does not mean that I have to experience everything they're experiencing in the negative. This is a biblical truth. Why? Because they can be experiencing the curse and I can be walking in the blessing. Is this true? Is it possible that two different people living on the earth, even close to each other, can find that different spiritual laws are working in their two lives at the same time. One can have, do you realize blessing and cursing are spiritual laws and just natural things? Are, are we subject to the same laws spiritually? I'm not talking about the laws of the nation. Yeah, you understand there's, there's laws of the nation. Are we subject to the same laws spiritually that the world is subject to? This is important truth to get a hold of. We know this. This is why I said today I'm just going to dwell on this. Am I under the same laws? The same negative forces that are working in their lives, am I subject to those? So if I'm not under the same laws and the same spiritual forces are not working in my life, do I have to fear that what's going on them will come upon me? You know, the Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. One set of spiritual laws can be functioning in their lives and a completely different set of spiritual laws functioning in our lives. They can be under the, the, law, the laws of fear while we're functioning under the laws of faith. And have a completely different outcome to the same storm. This is good news, isn't it? What did you say to, say to the righteous? 
Hello? <laughs> It'll be well with them. Say to the unrighteous, it's not going to go too well with them. Let's look at let's look here at Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil work is not ex executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Notice this. Just because, what's the sentence? The sentence there is the judgment. Just because judgment doesn't always necessarily fall quickly on every evil work. Sometimes people think, well, I got away with it. <laughs> We're getting away with living our lives in ungodliness. Let's just do it more. Just because the sentence is not executed speedily, people think they're getting, they're getting away with it. You know what? Why sometimes the sentence and judgment is held back? Mercy. Mercy. He wants to go out. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry. It's what happens when you do church at a house. We end up with a dog. I don't mind. I love dogs. <laughs> so just what sometimes is, is holding the sentence being carried out? Mercy. Mercy. It's because of mercy that sometimes... People, even the unsaved, the world around you get it. The, the, the judgment and sentence is not formed. That's why I don't wish them. We don't wish things to go well on them. In fact, we're praying, Lord, have mercy on them that things don't go too wrong too quickly. Because we're here, we want to reach them. But sometimes the, the world thinks they're getting away with, oh, there's no God because no judgment's falling. Have you ever, people, well, if there's a God, you'll just strike me down. And then they go, no, you didn't strike me down. That proves there's no God. So then they think, well, that's all right. I can get on and do what I'm doing. No, it just means you got some mercy to change. Yeah? I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about the unsaved. The, well, though, verse 12, though, an e though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, what does it seem like? He's getting away with it. Doing it wrong, wrong, doing it wrong over a hundred times. Thinking, I'm getting away with it. There's no, oh, clearly there's no God. There's nothing going, no one's striking me down. That's foolish thinking. What, what, what that is, is you, you're having chance to change. God's giving you time. He's giving you mercy. Okay. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged. Now notice this. Yet I surely know that it well, it will be well with who? Those who fear God. Those who fear God, who fear before him, but it will not be well with the wicked. See, is there a guarantee from God? You see, they might, it, it might be going okay with them for a while, but let me tell you, at the end of the day, it's not going to be well for them. So don't look and think, well, well, they don't serve God. They seem incredibly blessed. The biblical principle is if they're getting away with it for a while, there's some mercy there. But at the end of the day, there is a biblical principle, a biblical standard. It'll be well and good with the righteous. It'll not be well with the unrighteous. And this is repeated all over scripture. And it's, it applies for eternity, but it applies for some things in, in the now as well. Now, I'm not preaching this to talk about the unrighteous. They get some mercy. I'm preaching this to, to talk about us. Do I have to fear that what's going on in the world is coming after me too? Or does God want his people to begin to realize we're living by a different set of spiritual laws? We can live in a different place spiritually and have a different effect showing up in our lives than what's going on in the unsaved. Is this real? Just because I see it happening to others, do I have to fear it? I know in this series we've talked a little bit about this, but I just wanted to emphasize this a bit more. Is that all right? Because this needs to become real to us. It's because I read it in the newspaper, just because I see it happening to others. What do, what do I know? What can I put my faith in in the word? God has said it'll be well with the righteous. And I'm blessed. 
because we might live in the same world, but we're not subject to all the same spiritual laws. There, there might be the curse functioning, but what's functioning in me? Completely different spiritual laws are functioning. Completely different principles are in operation. Now, if we're ignorant of this, or if we, if we, we get into fear and ignorance, we don't know what the word says, then sometimes the enemy can get some things in there. But, but this is why we want to grow in the word, grow in understanding, and, 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 and keep that faith shield functioning. Amen? Do you know that there's, there's laws that are set in operation, spiritual laws, because of the words of our mouths? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Not, not just life, life and death. So God's given some, some, some in a, something in our hands as to which spiritual laws are functioning. If a person keeps talking death, it's not God's fault, is it? But when he says, he points us and he says, talk like this, speak like this. What, 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 what is God saying? You don't have to be subject to the same spiritual laws that, are, that, that, that other people are. It's pulling their lives down. We're not subject to that, are we? <coughs> Why? Well, he has some truths. And these are core foundational truths. When I receive Jesus... We are translated out of the kingdom of darkness and where? Into the kingdom of light. What happens when I receive Jesus? What happens to me as a spirit? What happens to my spirit being? We're born again, we use the term. And then the born again spirit, what, 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 what uh, is, is the born again spirit just the same old? Old man, it always was been, or is it, it what, what, what happens now? Become a new creation. I'm a new creation. When the, the, you see, these are not just theoretical, philosophical ideas. This is something, to be, the reality of this can begin to hit people. When I receive Jesus, the Bible says, I, what happened to my, what happened to, to, to my old man on the cross? My old man was crucified with Christ. Christianity one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes it's good to be reminded of things. And we don't remind ourselves of these truths enough and, or become established in them enough. What happened to my old man? Say it again. I was crucified with Christ. Did Paul talk about that truth? Did he remind himself of it? Or did he say, well, I'm the apostle Paul. I've been a Christian a while now, so I don't need to say this anymore. And he said, I, I was crucified with Christ. My old man died. But here's the reality of this. That old man was under the dominion of darkness. The old man was under the law of sin. Yeah? And what, is, what does the Bible say? The wages of sin is death. Well, here's the good news. I died. Paid the, the wages have been paid. Jesus paid them, but the truth is that it's accounted to me. I died with Christ. So the wages are paid, which means death's claim on me has been paid. It's been satisfied. Why? I died. I died with Christ. I died. I was crucified. My old man died. So sin and death, darkness, the curse had a claim on me, but at death, that claim's gone now. It has no claim on me anymore. Because the, uh, the claim to, that I must die has been satisfied. I died with Christ. That, that's, that's a powerful truth. He paid the price and I was in Christ. I was crucified together in union with him. So the claim that death had upon me and the curse had upon me was satisfied. Why? Because my old man died. Yeah. But then what happened? What happened after that? Did I stay in the, in the grave? 
No. I was buried with Christ and then Christ was raised. What happened to me? I was raised with him. And at the resurrection, at the point of resurrection, I am raised as a new creation created in Christ Jesus. And the Bible, the Bible spends time building this concept that I am a creation, a new creation. It's one, you've got 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Ephesians talks about we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. And there's a number of there's a number of places that talk about we are in that sense it it wants us to get a hold of this reality that a creation took place. The old man, what happened to the old man? Passed away. The curse, death, darkness had a claim on my old man. But what happened to my old man? died. When I receive Jesus, I am raised <coughs> in newness of life. It's a new life. A resurrection. Now, ultimately, there is going to be the, the final redemption and the resurrection of our bodies, but we've experienced a degree of this already. Our spirit has been raised as a new creation. We'll realize this. See, this is not real to a lot of people. Sometimes we've got to be reminded of the foundational truths. But dwell on this for a moment and get the reality of this. When I became a new creation, I am born where? Which kingdom? Which spiritual kingdom? I'm born into the kingdom of life as a new creation. This is, this is the powerful truth. Darkness has never, ever, ever had a claim on that new creation. The, the claim that darkness, the curse, and death had on me ended at the death. Price satisfied. The new creation has never, ever, 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 ever been in the kingdom of darkness. The new man has never been subject to the curse. It was the old man that was subject to the curse, but my old man died. <laughs> and I'm born a new man, a new creation in Christ Jesus. The new creation that I am in Christ Jesus has never been unrighteous. That's why we have to re renew our mind, because our mind still thinks like I'm the old man. We think, I'm still unrighteous and I'm desperately trying to get things working. No, no, no. I've been born a new creation into the kingdom of God. My new creation has never been subject to the curse. It's never been under darkness. Because it's born into the kingdom of light as a new creation. It means darkness, the curse, death has never, ever, ever, ever had a claim on my, my new creation. That's powerful truth. You know that. It's never had a claim on me. And it has no right. Death no longer, the darkness no longer has dominion because I'm a new creation. I've been made the righteousness of God. Created in righteousness. Created in holiness. The claim that, the spiritual claim, the claim that the, the laws of sin and death and darkness had on me died at the cross when the old man died. They had a claim on that old man because that old man was, had been subject to sin. And the wages of sin is death. So the, those, those negative spiritual laws had the right to claim that man. That old man. 
because the old man was under sin. Watch the new man. Is the new man subject to sin? Now, does that mean I can't ever sin? Well, we could do things in our actions, yeah? But the new man is born as the righteousness of God, birthed into righteousness, made a new creation, and is not under the claim and the control of the curse and death anymore. Well, the enemy doesn't want the reality of who I am now in Christ to sink into a lot of Christians. He wants you still thinking like death has a claim on you. The curse has a claim on you. But if we would ever begin to realize, because I died with Christ, buried with Christ, and because I'm raised with him, I'm raised into newness of life. And in that newness of life, I am born into light. My Inner man has never been under darkness, has never been under the dominion of death, has never been under the control of the curse. Now, if the reality of that would ever get through this, <laughs> we begin to realize who we are now on the inside. We would begin to the, begin to realize I am not subject to those laws of death anymore. They have no claim on me. I am subject to a completely different set of spiritual laws that the world is under. They're under the dominion of death, the darkness that has a claim on them. Those laws have the right to claim their lives, have the right to make some claims on them. If they've received Jesus, they can be set free from them things too. But when it comes to me, those laws have no claim on me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is the law that I'm under. The curse has never had a claim on my inner man. It's just me beginning to really get this in my understanding and begin to see myself as I'm under the kingdom of life now. I've never been under darkness. Not my, not my new creation. I'm a brand new creation. It's not just a theory. The enemy wants he wants to oh it's just a, that's just a theory in the Bible. You're still the same old you. No 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 no. A, a new creation born and born again is a real truth. But people say well but I was you know I, I received Jesus 20 years ago. I'm not so much a new creation anymore. <laughs> no no no. This is this is a truth to walk in every day of your life. When does God's new creation ever become an old creation? Never. I'm as much a new creation today as the day I received Jesus, even if I received Jesus 20 years ago. And I am under the laws of which kingdom? I'm under the kingdom of light now. It's the laws of that kingdom that I'm subject to. This is why he talked about, in Hebrews, he talked about releasing those who through all their life were subject to bondage because of, because of fear. They were, were subject to bondage. I'm no longer subject to that, am I? So does it mean if my life is under a different spirit, set of spiritual laws, does that mean I can have a different outcome to my life than, than, the, than, the, than the, the wicked around me? The laws that are functioning in their lives, do those have to be functioning in my life? God, God wants us to learn to understand this, to realize just because the curse is running rampant, just because death and darkness runs rampant in the lives of other people around me, I am, I am under the laws of the kingdom of light. Those are the laws that I'm subject to. I'm subject to blessing. I'm subject to goodness. The Bible says, we are ambassadors. Anyone ever read that scripture? See, the Bible doesn't use examples like this just because God ran out of space and didn't know what to say. He uses terminology like this because there's insight in it for us. Do you realize? Now, I don't know about you. I've never been a natural ambassador. Ambassador for the UK in another country. <laughs> 
But do you realize that, just for an example, the UK ambassador, or let me, let me take a step back. Do you know that the, the UK embassy in another country is UK soil? Belongs to the UK. Doesn't it? And if you're, you, you might be in outer space. I'm just going to, I don't want to name a specific country. Yeah. <laughs> you might be in the, in some other country. <clears throat> but if you're in the UK embassy, which laws are you subject to? If you steal something in the UK embassy in some foreign country, which laws are you subject to? UK law. You can be in a different location, but the embassy, and you realize the ambassador is subject, still subject to UK laws as well. Yeah? So why does, he, why does God use these concepts? You're ambassadors. Because though we walk in this earth, which spiritual laws govern my life? The laws of darkness may be functioning because that's functioning around me. Which laws am I under? <laughs> it's good news, isn't it? If we get the reality of this, I am subject to life. I'm under the laws of the kingdom of life. I'm a new creation. I've never been under the laws of darkness. Someone says, oh, no, 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 you're lying now. No, 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 you're wrong. Do you remember Paul? Paul said this. He's, Paul wrote, he said, I have wronged no man. Now, if you look at that naturally, you go, Paul, hold on, Paul. I think you've got a bit of a bad memory there. Don't you forget about all the Christians you killed? <laughs> Paul said, I've wronged no man. Why? Paul knew I'm a new creation. That old man that wronged all those people is dead. He died in Christ. When I receive Jesus, I'm born as a new man. People, a lot of people are carrying the weight of things still, and they feel bad before before God even. But you, you get you get the reality. He was I, I was that that old man died, and I was born into the kingdom of God. I'm a brand new man in Christ. God, God, God's no longer holding those things against me. I did before I became a Christian. The price for those has been paid. I died with Christ. The claim of death has been made. And I'm born into the kingdom of light as a new creation. I am born righteous. I am born, birthed into life. Subject to which laws? The laws of life. See, see, Romans, I can't remember where it is, Romans 6, 7, 8, 9, somewhere in there says, he who has died is no longer subject to death. <laughs> People say, oh, well, it's talking about Jesus in that verse. Now read the context, we're the body of Christ. We are in Christ. If it applies to him, it applies to us because we're in Christ. But we still struggle. We think, well, you know, all of this, this it's just natural. Sickness is natural, and this is normal, and this is natural. No, those are spiritual laws at play that are doing those things. There's a curse at play that's causing things to happen. Have you ever noticed, no matter how many diseases they find a cure to, they still find another disease? So, are we about to cure cancer? We're about to, we managed to cure this. I'm like, it's all right, guys. Just realize there's another one coming. Because <laughs> the, the spiritual laws that just keep bringing new ones into operation. But am I subject to those laws? No. Can I live in the same environment but be governed by a different set of laws? Why am I governed by a different set of laws? Because I'm in a different. And I died to those laws. I'm a new creation. Does sickness have a claim on me? No. I died. Sickness is part of death. The claim that sickness had on me was there because of sin. It's part of the, the wages of sin is death. The claim sickness has on the old man. What happened to that old man? Died in Christ. So does sickness have that claim on me anymore? But why, why, do, why does it still manage to, 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 to 
to hold on to so many Christians' lives. Very often because their minds are still thinking like the old man. We begin to realize, I'm a new creation. These things have no claim on me. I'm under a different set of spiritual laws. What spiritual laws am I under? I'm under the laws of the kingdom of life. The law of the spirit of life. It's good to dwell on this and remind yourself of this. This new creation has never been cursed. You can say that over yourself sometimes. I'm not trying to get free from the curse. I am a new creation in Christ who has never been cursed. My old man was cursed. The old man died. The new man that's birthed has never been subject to the curse. He's birthed into righteousness and light. Does it make sense? I'm not trying to get free from the curse. I am. I am born into the blessing. Birthed. When I'm born into the kingdom of God, I'm born into light. I'm born subject to the laws of the kingdom. Those are the laws that govern my life now. Death and darkness and the curse no longer have dominion over me. Can they just run rampant in my life? Now, there's going to be a day when we as the body of Christ step into the fullness of this. And the Bible says we'll get a glorified body. Is that because God does something new? I'm going to just dwell on something for a moment. Is, is it true that we're one day going to have that? We're going to be glorified just like he's glorified. And we're going to step into the eternal body. Yeah. In order for that to happen, does God have to do something new? Or is that still part of the consequence of, the of what Jesus did at the cross? It's, God doesn't have to do something new for us to step into that. It's just that there's a part of it we haven't stepped into the fullness of yet. But it's all part of the same redemption that happened at the cross. That's quite powerful when you realize it. And God's wanting us to learn to walk in more aspects of this as we grow in Christ. And there's going to be a time, I don't think we're that far from it, where we're going to step into the complete fullness of it. Someone says, well, yeah, but we're going to step into the fullness. But until then, we can only, we can't really have much. No, what's supposed to be happening is as we grow in the word, we're supposed to be stepping into more of this. The reality happened at the cross. Our understanding, the more our understanding of the word grows, the more we step into more of it, and the more we lay hold of more of it in our own lives. And the reality comes, I'm not under those things. And then one day, the reality hits us so much, and the revelation of the, the, what God has done for us becomes so real to us as a body of Christ, we step over. <laughs> Amen? We're supposed to step by step be growing more in this. As our minds become that becomes real to us, I'm, 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 I'm not that old man anymore. It's my old man that was under the curse. My new man, blessed, never been under the curse. It's my old man that was under the dominion of darkness. This new man, this new creation, he was birthed into righteousness. He's never been unrighteous. I'm born righteous. I'm born curse-free. I'm born in the light. So am I subject to the same laws that the unsaved are subject to? No. I got freed from those laws. I made a new creation, birthed into righteousness, and free from the curse. This is why we say to people, it's an already accomplished fact. It's real already. But people are still struggling to get it here. But think of yourself as that new creation has never been under the curse. One of the reasons people struggle to realize the realities of what they have, I'm redeemed from the, first, from the curse, is they, they feel like they're still trying to get it. 
They haven't realized the reality it's done. I have been set free. I'm born a new creation. That old man that was under the curse, that was under the dominion of darkness, died in Christ. I died together with Christ. This is why sometimes the most foundational, basic truths of Christianity are essential to hear again. The reality of the together with Christ is so powerful. When he died, I died. And every part of me that was subject to those spiritual laws of the curse and death and darkness died. And I'm birthed as a new creation in Christ Jesus. This new creation, this inner man, is not under the judgment and, 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 and under the law of sin and death anymore. So do I have to fear that law? No, I'm, I'm not under it anymore. I'm an ambassador. I might still be living here, but I'm under the laws of the kingdom of light. Never been cursed. The new man is already blessed. The new man is already healed. The new man is already free. And the more I get a hold of the reality I'm already free, the more I begin to step into more of this myself. Does that make sense? Let's, let's look at something here. Matthew 7. That's why the Bible says, by your stripes you were healed. It's done. But actually, my new man has never been subject to sickness. The healing took place already. It's just... Sometimes my body hasn't got the memo yet. <laughs> my body's trying to still, oh, oh, really? I'm already here. That's already been done. The reality, the lights go on. <laughs> Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. We know this, but just look at this. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, that's the word, yeah? This is the connection into the word going on here. Yeah, he does these sayings of mine. Sorry, hears these sayings of mine and does them. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. <coughs> but what happened? Did the house fall? No, it didn't fall. It was founded on the rock. Now let's look at the other guy. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. See, where your, where your house is built is important. Where's my house built? On the rock of the word, but actually my location is in the kingdom of light. All right. I know that Jesus is giving his specific, but I just, I'm using his illustration to explain something else. And the, uh, verse 27, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. And what happened to that man's house? It fell. Now notice this. Same storm, different outcome. Same storm, different outcome. Does the storm dictate the outcome? Is it the storm that decides what gets destroyed and who gets destroyed? No, it's not the storm. The storm doesn't make that decision. The storm is just a storm doing what a storm does. But what and who makes the decision as to whether the storm destroys? That's down to the house. That's what Jesus is trying to... Show us now. Someone, some, if someone thinks naturally, they'll go, No, no, it's the hurricane that determines how bad the damage is. That's because you're naturally minded. This is, this is, this is not just natural stuff, this is spiritual stuff going on here. Same storm, different outcome. Am I subject to the storm? Does the storm decide what happens? No, things in me, what's going on in my life, determine what happens to the It's not the storm. Just because the storm hits, just because the storm is raging, and I'm not just talking natural storm, it could be a natural storm. But you see what happens? My life, this house, this tent, which is a temple of the Spirit of God, 
is under a different set of spiritual laws. It's not under the laws of darkness anymore. Just because the storm comes doesn't mean the storm has to destroy. Why? What matters is the house, not the storm. Is that what he's saying? Storm doesn't dictate the outcome. The surroundings don't dictate the outcome. The conditions in the world and the nation don't dictate the outcome. What dictates the outcome? Sorry? The house itself. And which, which kingdom it's under? Which laws it's subject to? See, in that parable Jesus told, he said the man who he, 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 he built his house, he, he hears these sayings of mine. In other words, he brought himself under the authority of the word. And that dictated the outcome. Because he was under the authority of that kingdom. So it matters. So what does God say? What is our original scripture? It'll be well with the righteous. Not well with the unrighteous. Why? Different, different spiritual laws in operation. So when I see it happening to others, do I have to be afraid of it? No. The enemy will try to grip you with fear. Try to grip you with, oh, the storm's going on, this is going on, this is going on around you, other people are going under. What needs to be my reality? The truth of the word needs to be my reality. Which kingdom am I under? What should be coming out of my mouth? What should be building into my heart? The reality of which kingdom I'm under, I'm in the light. And in the light, God says it'll be well with the righteous. The things that destroy others will not destroy me. Because I'm under a different set of spiritual laws. I'm under the laws of the kingdom of light. I'm under the laws of the kingdom of life. Now build your faith in this truth. Not your worry and your fear in other things. This is why it's so important to get the word established in your heart. Let's look at a couple of scriptures just here in closing. I want you to see this contrast a little bit more. Is that all right? Isaiah 60. The reality of what, what, what laws govern me. People say, oh, well, the wages of sin is death. And you know, you know, you say, well, no, no, hold on. That, that old man died. Hello. <laughs> well, he wants to go through there again. He goes through there. You go through there. <laughs> Isaiah 60, verse 1. We know these, but just notice this. Just think about this. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon who? You. The glory of the Lord. That's, that's pretty, that's some nice stuff. You know, you know, the glory of the Lord is, that is really the, the kind of stuff you want all over you. <laughs> The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. Do you see the contrast? What's on you? The glory of the Lord's on me. What's on, what's, what's on everyone else? Darkness. darkness. Am, I be, am I being governed by the same things that's affecting them? No. We're under different spiritual laws here. There's different things in operation. So do I need to fear their circumstances? No. No, we pray for them. We love them. And I'll be honest with you. We want the mercy of God. I don't want them under all of that. Don't pray, Lord, judge my neighbor. What you should be praying is, Lord, have mercy on my neighbor. Some Christians are too eager to see the judgment fall on the world. You capture the heart of God. You'll, you'll cry out, Lord, please don't let it fall just yet. Give them another chance. But ultimately, what's, what has the Bible said? The wicked are subject to those things. It's going to happen. But for me, I don't fear it. Because I'm under the blessing. I'm subject to the laws of the kingdom of heaven. The glory of the Lord's upon me. I'm a new creation. I've never been under the curse. I'm under the blessing. The Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. Let's read a couple of others. Psalm 1. And we've read parts of this in, this in the last few weeks. Psalm 1. Do you see this contrast all over scripture? 
One thing on the people of God, another thing on, on, on the world. Is this, is this a vague contrast? Is it just in a few scriptures? Or does God really put a lot of emphasis on this? Why does he put a lot of emphasis on this? I'll tell you now, I believe it's because it's relevant to the, the end of the end of the last days of the end times before Jesus comes. It's going to be really important that the body of Christ knows how to walk in some of these things. And knows and understands. There's a difference going on between the two groups. And what we, the people of God, are subject to, the spiritual laws governing and affecting me are not the same as the spiritual go go laws governing and affecting the world around me. Now pray for them. Lord, have mercy on them. I want them to come into the kingdom of God. I'll say, God, give them another chance. But at the end of the day, I'm not under the same laws. And that means the storm that hits them can't come on this property because this property is not subject to the storm. This property, and I'm talking about this property, but also this property. This property <laughs> is under the kingdom of life. This is ambassador territory. This is an embassy. The ambassador's embassy. This, this tent, this body is the dwelling place of the ambassador. That means it's the embassy. Yes? Means this body is subject to the king, the laws of the kingdom of the spirit, spirit of God, because it's the embassy for the ambassador. I think you might need to think about that for a bit. <laughs> Psalm one: Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Now, in verse 1, it's already mentioned the blessed man, and it's also mentioned the ungodly, sinners, or scornful, which, although it sounds like three categories, they're pretty much all in the same group, yeah? Now, in verse 3, he, the blessed man, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. Whatever he does shall prosper. And very often we stop there because that's our part. I mean, it's okay to stop there because that's the bit that's relevant to us. But notice the next verse. The ungodly are not so. Do you see a contrast takes place? The ungodly are not, uh, when it says are not so, what's, what does that mean? In other words, are not like a tree planted by the rivers of water. They're in a different category. The ungodly are not so. What are the ungodly knock? But are like the chaff, which the wind drives, drives away. Now, it might not always look like that. It might look like the ungodly are getting away with things and the wicked are blessed and prosperous. That is mercy taking place. We're going to see more and more that contrast is going to be obvious. We get closer to the return of Jesus. And it is so important to realize I'm not under the same spiritual laws as they are under. Over and over and over again in Scripture, he makes this contrast. He builds this in. He wants us to become aware of this. Why? I, we could look at other places. Look, look at one more and then we'll close. Psalm 37. In fact, the whole of Psalm 37 gives this contrast. I'm not going to read the whole of Psalm 37 right now. It's a long psalm. What does God want us to realize? Let this become real to you. I'm not under the same spiritual laws they're under. The, the laws that are functioning in them are no longer functioning in me. The curse that's functioning in them is no longer functioning me. It's been broken in my life. I was born into blessing. The death that's working in them, I've been born into life. It's no longer, I'm a new creation. I'm under a different set of spiritual laws. Well, I'll read parts of the Psalm 37 verse 1. Do not fret because of evildoers. Do not be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass. Like a lawnmower. And cut it down. I know that's humorous, but to be honest with you, my heart cries out and says, Lord, I don't want that. I have mercy on them. I don't want to see that happen. But at the end of the day, it's going to happen. That's why we want to get as many of them in before that happens. But the Bible has guaranteed that is the outcome of the path they're on. And wither as the green herb, 
trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. And then it begins to talk about what he's doing in the, in, in the, in the lives of his people. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. He'll bring it to pass. And it just goes on and on. But you see this, this, this contrast. Sorry, my page just jumped. There it is. Verse 12. The wicked plots against the judge and gnashes at him with their teeth. The Lord laughs at him for he sees his days coming. You know, it's going to come. Yeah. And at the end of the day, they're under a different set of spiritual laws. Let's jump down to verse 20. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadow, shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. See two different outcomes. Yes? The enemies of the Lord. Well, what happened? Is that happening to the righteous? No, the righteous, he's just described above what's going to happen. The, the, the hand of the Lord's upon the righteous. Verse 22. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. Two different groups. One's blessed, one's cursed, and two different outcomes. So can I put my faith in the fact that the blessing on me is going to cause completely different outcomes? I'm born into blessing. I'm born into righteousness. I'm birthed and born into a place where I'm no longer under the dominion of sin and death. I'm birthed, born into light. Free from darkness. I'm an, I'm an ambassador and my body's an, an embassy. Subject to different spiritual laws. Dif same storm, different outcome. Because the laws that are functioning in them are not functioning in me. I'm free from those laws. Spiritual laws. Amen. Now We could look at other scriptures, but this contrast is over and over in the word. Is this something, is this something that God wants us to walk in as a reality and really get a hold of and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father God. Which laws are functioning in my life? It's the laws of the kingdom of God that are working in my life. I'm, I'm walking in the blessing. I'm walking in righteousness. I'm walking. I'm a new creation. I, I was birthed into a, a kingdom. Uh, and and the, the laws of that kingdom are working in my life. And all of those other negative spiritual laws, I died to those. That's good news, isn't it? So I don't have to fear the storm. I don't have to fear the outcome. I can thank God that I've got a different outcome for me. Faith in that. Amen. I hope you've got something out of that. It's the truth that I wanted. Just let our eyes be open. Two different groups, two different outcomes. Same storm, two different outcomes. Because the spiritual laws functioning are different. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you. Father, I thank you that, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I thank you, Father God, that, that Christ has redeemed me from the curse and that I'm under the blessing now. We're under a different set of spiritual laws. We're under a different set of principles that are functioning in our lives. I thank you that life and light is working in us. And Lord, I thank you. We give, Lord, we want, we pray for people. We want them to come in. We want, we, we cry out before God, crying out for mercy and interceding on behalf of those, Lord God, because we don't want to see them getting torn apart by the curse and the storm, but we, and we lift them up. We pray for our, them out of love. But we thank you, Father God, that our lives, what's working in my life, blessings working in my life. And wherever I go, as I, as I go out of my house, as I drive down the road, the Lord's upon me. I'm under the laws of the spirit of blessing. I'm under the principles of blessing. Blessings functioning me. Each step I take, blessings working in me.
not curse. Life is working in me. Healing is working in my life. Lord, we just give you the glory for that. We give you the honor. Thank you, Father God, that all of those negative spiritual laws which were working in my life because of sin and, and the death and the curse, all of those were stopped at the cross. And when that old man died, I died together with Christ. I became a new creation. I thank you, Father God, I'm now subject to healing. I'm now subject to life. I'm now subject to blessing. I'm now subject my, and, and, and the reality of this is manifesting more and more in more areas of my life. We give you the glory and the honor, Jesus. Thank you that we're stepping more and more into the realities of, of our redemption. The reality of what Jesus has already purchased. We're stepping more into that, more and more and more into that. Hallelujah, Lord. We bless you. We give you glory and honor. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.